0: verse 22 it says now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples he said unto them let us go over unto the other side of the lake they launched forth but as they sailed he fell asleep there came down a storm a wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. They came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose, rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased. And there was a calm. He said unto them, Where is your faith? They, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Matthew 11 and verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. We're going to preach this morning for a few moments, exercising your faith, exercising your faith. Let's put our Bibles down. And one more time, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Let's thank him for what he's already done. And let's give him thanks for what he's going to do today. In Jesus name, God, I love you. And I thank you. I praise your name. God, you are worthy, you are mighty, you are holy. We thank you, we praise you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would continue to work in this place, continue to move in this house, God, whatever way you see fit. God, that's what we want. That's what we want, God. We want you to move. We want you to work. God, we want you to work with us, Lord. We thank you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Now, why don't we clap our hands unto him today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You could be seated this morning. Exercising your faith. Exercise is obviously not something that I enjoy. I enjoyed six pack this past week. As we drove from Harrison, Arkansas, one day between services, and we stopped by Krispy Kreme, and I got a box of six donuts, and my wife didn't want any of them. What was I to do? But Webster defines the word exercise in a number of ways. One of those definitions is something performed or practiced in order to develop, improve, or display a specific capability or skill. So when we exercise our faith, we are doing things, we are performing actions. We are living our life in a way to practice our faith in order to develop, in order to improve, or in order to display a specific capability or skill. The just shall live by faith. Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Diligently seeking is exercising. So don't check out on me with the word exercise today. We exercise our faith by living our life in such a way that faith does not become second nature, but faith becomes our first nature. I don't know how it's going to work out, but God is able. And so in Luke chapter 8 and verse 22, it came to pass on a certain day, a specific day, that He went into a ship with His disciples. And he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. We're going over there. And so they launched. They operated according to the word of the Lord. They launched off the shores. Possibly at Galilee, possibly at Capernaum. We don't really understand it from this particular section of Scripture, but Nevertheless, they launch out from the shore with the intent to to cross over. Sometimes we we need to make sure, we need to double check our motives. I'm in this thing not just because I want a joyride on the lake. I'm not just in this thing to just check out the scenery. But I am in this boat. I am in this ark of safety with the intent that I am leaving this place and I am crossing over. I am crossing over. I fully intend to make the entire trip. I fully intend to make the entire journey. I'm going over. I'm leaving this place and I'm going over there. I'm making the full journey. I'm making the full trip. i got to make up in my mind. I I know that the storms may come. I know that life may throw me curveballs, but I fully intend to stay in the boat and to go all the way over. Noah built an ark for the saving of his household. Hebrews says Noah the eighth person. He has his three sons and their wives go on before him. He has his wife enter into the ark before him. And Noah the eighth person goes in and God shuts the door. And no time in Noah's journey did Noah intend to open up that one window and jump out into the raging sea because the ark was too smelly. The ark was too dark. There was too much work in the ark. But he fully intended, I am riding out in the ark for as long as God intends. There's safety in the ark. We're purposed in our minds. I'm going from here to yon. So Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Jesus is fully intending on making it to the other side. So they launched forth. They were used to launching. They were... Not unfamiliar with the waters of Galilee or the Sea of Gennesaret, as it's called in other places. They're familiar. They've made their living. At least four of the twelve have made their living on this water. Peter, Andrew, James, and John. They're not unfamiliar with it. They've got their boat. They've got their crew. Jesus is in the boat. How many are thankful that Jesus is in the boat? He's in the boat, so they launch. They get out. They can see the bottom. Maybe they have Peter and Andrew, or Peter and John, or Peter and James, and they're shoving off. And then they wade into the water, and they reach down, and they pull them up, and then they they take off. And before long, they can't see the bottom anymore. Before long, the water color changes ever been in water like that, it just feels different. It's the same water. Two molecules of hydrogen, one molecule of oxygen. It's the same water. The same makeup, but it feels different. They get out there to waters that they can't touch it. Waters that they have to swim in. Waters that are so deep they can't see the bottom and they man i don't know what's down there i don't know what's lurking behind the depths or beneath the depths there there could be big fish down in there but it wasn't the depths that intimidate them all of a sudden as they sailed jesus fell asleep not a big deal it's nice and calm the weather's great Get to be about evening time, perhaps. The sun's setting. It's very relaxing. Jesus has been hard at work. And Jesus, don't you worry about it. We'll take care of this. And he just kind of kicked back and maybe had a little travel pillow. Maybe not. Probably not. But he falls asleep. No big deal. They're used to this. But there came down a storm of wind on the lake. They were filled with with water. They did not have a little electric bilge pump. Flip the switch and it starts pumping the water out as fast as it's coming in. But their boat is filling up with water, and Jesus is still asleep. The Bible says that they were in jeopardy as the waves start overlapping the sides of the boat. They're in danger of sinking. Now, Judas, grab the bucket. Thomas, grab the bucket. But start bailing out, and they're they're trying to get water out. They're starting to they're starting to panic. They're starting to get uh, worked up. Jesus, don't you care? They came to him. The storm did not awake him. They awoke him. Jesus is laying there, and the rain's pelting him in the face. He's not playing possum. He's still asleep. The storm doesn't bother the master. Jesus, don't you care that we're getting ready to die? You included. Don't you care that the boat is filling up with water? And Jesus kind of stretches and takes his time. I imagine. And they say, Master, Master, we perish. And he arose and he rebukes. That word rebuke is defined in its original language as an order to curb one's ferocity or violence. Commentators and historians alike will tell us that that word indicates spiritual warfare. It, it is, it is tied to demonic activity. So they weren't just out on a little float across the lake, but as they were making their journey from one shore to the other, as they were walking this Christian walk, as they were in this boat, going from humanity to divinity, as they're trying to make it, as it were, to the other side, there are spiritual forces that are at work that do not want you to make it, that do not want you to achieve the goal that God God has for you, but let me tell you today that if the Lord is in the boat, you don't have to worry about the storm. You just got to get the master's attention. He rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. Rebuked is the language of Exorcism, not Hollywood style exorcism, but spiritual dominion, apostolic authority. It clearly indicates that there were demonic forces that sought to capsize the boat and send them into the depths. And all of a sudden, they're deeper than where they can touch, and they've journeyed out. And oh man, I made it to that one prayer meeting, and in that one prayer meeting, I felt like the, the Lord just plunged me into the depths, and not in a bad way. But there's there's waters that I've I, I've never experienced. I moved beyond ankle deep, and I move beyond into the knee deep. I move. On the waist deep and it's now up to my chin and it's waters to swim in and there was spiritual freedom there but when the fight is on it feels horrific. It feels like I'm going to capsize and I wish I had been left in the shallows. Because on the other side of this journey Is the land of Gadara. Where there is a man known as a demoniac. The root word of demoniac is demon. He is filled with devils. Demons. He said, what's your name? And in the creepiest voice you can imagine, He said, we are legion. I am legion, for we are many. The word legion is tied to armed forces, possibly up to 6,000 in one legion. So he said, we are legion, or I am legion, for we are many. On the other side of that trip, And the devil does not want him to get there. Because Legion has tormented the entire land of Gadara. It's a spiritual stronghold. It's a spiritual fortress for ungodly things. And so if we can get the boat to sink in the middle of the sea, then even if they manage to survive, they'll just turn around and go back to where they came from. And will keep him from from getting here, and will keep him from having true spiritual deliverance, and will keep him from experiencing everything that is possible. And I believe that when Jesus stepped onto the shore, he he noticed there was a purpose. He was going there. He was noticed by those spirits. How can you say that, Pastor? Because if we took the time to read the text this morning, we would find that Legion runs to him, this demoniac who has had been been bound by chains who had been bound by iron who had been bound by ropes he would break them off he had been tried to clothe him, and he would just rip his clothes tear his clothes off he lived amongst the tombs so there was spiritual victory waiting Jesus rebukes the wind Jesus rebukes the raging of the water. Jesus rebukes the demonic activity that is trying to hinder them from their purpose. And he looks at his disciples and he says, where is your faith? Could it be he was sleeping on purpose? I mean, he's God manifest in the flesh everything he does he does on purpose he does nothing randomly nothing is done randomly nothing happens by chance it is the will of god he's willfully going to sleep willfully remaining asleep as the rain pelts his face as the water arises above his feet as he starts to feel it rise, he's still remaining asleep until they come wake him up. And then when he when he wakes up, he looks at his disciples and he says, where's your faith? This was a spiritual happening. Could it be that Jesus was letting them know, you could have taken dominion? you could have said peace be still and everything would have gone flat he's letting us know today if you want to have spiritual victory you can have spiritual victory today I've come to encourage someone this morning that as the Lord saw them in their predicament, as the Lord saw them in the boat on their journey to go to the other side, on their way to spiritual victory, and he said, I want you to make it all the way. The Lord is here this morning saying, I want you to not make it halfway and die I want you to go the entire distance. I want you to make it. We could think about it like this. First three chapters of Genesis, really the first two, Man is in perfect union with God. They fall into sin. Two chapters in, and the rest of your Bible is God working to get them back. He could have stopped everything with Adam and Eve's fall. It said, hey, I'm going to throw these folks away, and we're going to start again before there gets to be too many people. in But two chapters in, everything falls apart. And he spends the rest of the book reconciling the world to himself. God wants you to make it. God wants you to make it. And so if we are going to exercise our faith, we have to perform or practice in order to develop and improve and display our faith. He would say things like, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and it would happen. What's so special about the mustard seed? He's speaking in agricultural terms. That's the smallest seed that they had ever been uh, around or that they had ever noticed. And and they're seeing it so small. And they're seeing it in such uh, such limited uh, fashion. That, uh, that That's just a tiny little amount. But he didn't say the size of a mustard seed. He said like a mustard seed that's been planted in the ground in dirt in over it and everything is dark and everything is opposed to that seed until the sun starts shining and that ground warms up and there's a little bit of moisture that comes and all of a sudden that little seed breaks open and says I refuse to be limited by my circumstances I refuse to be limited by the dirt I refuse to be limited by the darkness and it's it's growing roots and it starts getting some depth to it and before long it starts sprouting up I don't know about you but I've seen driving down the road and you see walls of rock cliffs see him down south southern part of the state see him out west but there on the side of that sheer drop is a tree. What in the world That tree has the ability elder, doesn't need a whole lot of dirt. but there's growth there and it starts working those roots into the cracks and into the crevices. and there's enough power in the root growth to break that rock apart. You can say to this mountain, be moved. My roots have got to have somewhere to grow. My roots, i got to break through this hardness. I'm going to break through the walls. I'm going to exercise my faith. Now faith is the substance. Faith is the goods. Faith is the substance. Faith is the reality of things that are not yet seen. They're just hoped for. But folks, when I get into the presence of God, I can start exercising my faith and calling those things which are not as though they already were. It's the substance of things hoped for. I can look at my family and say, my family will be saved even when I can't see it, even when it doesn't make good sense. My family is going to make it. My church is going to grow. My city is going to going to fall to the, the spiritual warfare. We're going to have spiritual victory. We're going to be overcomers. We'll preach about it tonight. Cloud of witnesses. There's a host In heaven, looking down saying, if we made it, you can make it. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. When I start operating in faith, I start feeling the weight of things that were just hoped for but have not yet been seen and have not yet been noticed. And all of a sudden, I can start seeing things that have not yet happened as though they already have. to exercise my faith. We read in Matthew, the days of John the Baptist until now. Ah! From the days of John the Baptist, there's a transition taking place from the dispensation of human government and law And promise. And there's a transition happening into the dispensation of the church. And ages and and dispensations are... uh, uh, I don't have time to get into all that today. But the days of John the Baptist are kind of a gray area. That the transition was not immediate from one age to the next age. And from one dispensation really to the next dispensation it's more of a uh it's not a a hard transition but it's it's it was an intermingling so from the days of john the baptist until now jesus is saying even right now the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force what is he saying what is he preaching matthew is recording that And he's allowing that both the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent taketh by force. Well, the word suffereth makes it seem that the kingdom is just passively accepting a violent assault. Well, I'm a Christian. That means I just got to roll over and take it. It doesn't mean that he's just passively accepting the violent assault from those who want to enter. But the Greek actually allows for a both direction interpretation. Then in the Greek it reads the kingdom of heaven is forcing its way in or has been vigorously pressing forward. It has been rushed. It has been enduring a violent assault and it is assailed by force but it's also violating on its own. It's also pushing back. It's not just taking but it's giving it's not just sitting back and accepting whatever hell wants to dish out but the kingdom of God is saying listen we're pushing forward we are constantly pressing Paul said I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God let me encourage somebody today as we stand all over this sanctuary that we are not taking no for an answer I said, we are not taking no for an answer. We refuse to sit back and be cowed by spiritual darkness. But elder, what we've done in the past, we're pressing forward. We're pressing into. We refuse to sit back. We take no prisoners. Hear the words of Caleb echoing. I am now as I was then. Caleb, you don't understand. We've chased all the giants. All the giants that the previous generation were afraid of. We've chased all of them onto your mountain. And the previous generation would have been cowed by that. But Caleb said no. I am now, as I was then. He's now in his 80s. I'm just as strong. I'm just as full of faith now, as I was then. Give me my mountain. I've been exercising my faith for 40 years. Every day that I got up and manna was on the ground, I was exercising my faith. Every time I led my family, every time I led my livestock to the the water that flowed from the rock, I was exercising my faith. Every time that we had to take somebody else out into the wilderness because they died not in faith. We had to carry them out and we had to pile up those bodies, approximately 82 bodies a day. And the vultures were there and the the, the vagabonds and the, the scavengers of the desert were there and they were feasting on the dead. He said, I was working on my faith. I was understanding that I know what I saw. I know what I got a glimpse of, and that glimpse was a glimpse of a promised land. Let me preach to you today that there is still a promise from God that is yay and amen. If God gave you a word, that God can still do the work. And every time you come to church, every time you lift your hands, every time you bow your knee in prayer, every time you open your Bible, every time you speak in prayer, every time you call those things that are not as though they already were, you are exercising your faith. Every time it doesn't make logical sense to give your tithe and offering because you've got bills coming due, but you do it anyway, you're exercising your faith. You're putting God's will and God's word and God's character above and on a bigger pedestal than you do your own logic. exercising your faith Jesus looked at his disciples and he said I want to let you know that you've got faith to make this happen you've got faith to win your city, you've got faith to build a church, you've got faith to press the kingdom into this present age I've come to encourage somebody today, you have what it takes you have what it takes you've got the goods you've got the substance you just have to exercise your faith you got a purpose in your mind i'm moving forward i'm moving forward i didn't come this far to give up now i'm not dying in the depths but i'm going to the other side i want to see spiritual victory come on this altar's open why don't you lift your hands why don't you lift your voice What you My are famous for